Any question? Yes, Maharaj. The first question is um, is about the conception of time. As in this world, we have the I, the time time time. Yeah. In this world, we have the saying that time cures. So means that in a dual time cause, things come and goes, and it may take cures, 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 cures you like doctor kills, cure, cure, like heals, heals. Time heals all wounds. That kind of idea. Yeah. So it may take you closer to Krishna or far away from Krishna. So how should we treat time properly? And will that in Goloka Vrindavan, they, the devotees, will they forget about something and later get healed? Cured? Cured, or healed. <laughs> Cured, Cured of that thing. Cured, yes. Well, reminds me of being in Vrindavan with Srila Prabhupada, Srila Swami Maharaj, before the Krishna Balaram temple was opened and the construction was going on. And Srila Prabhupada himself could be quoted as saying there are you know, 5,000 temples in Vrindavan. So there's so many there. And he said, so someone might say, why make another one? There are already so many temples in Vrindavan. And he gave different answers for that. One of one that said, he quote, he gave a lecture it may have been the regularly scheduled class, but on the Bhagavatam. And there's a sloka there that says, Amayo yaschabhutanam jayate yena suvrata tadeva hyamayam dravyam na punati chikitsitam. And it's Narada and Vyas in that section. And the I'm paraphrasing, but the general meaning of the verse is, it's saying, does not a thing which was the cause of a disease when applied therapeutically become a cure for the same thing? And at that time, and maybe some of you know too, that every place has famous for sweets, different types of sweets. So, Bengal is famous for sweets, the Rasgola, the Sundash, and so many others. But the, and Vrindavan has many, but one specialty there is a sweet called Rubri. And that's made from cooking milk down, large quantities of milk, they just take the skin off and then cook it, take, pull the skin forms, pull it to the side, and they, it takes many hours. And it's very hard to describe my description as an operad, but the final product is something indescribable, but it's also, you can imagine how much milk is concentrated 
into this suite. So besides being divine nectarine taste, it can also be very difficult to digest. So being good devotees, arriving, we need to find out where is rubbery. Right? We're not searching for Krishna and some holy, like we're on a mission from God to find rubbery. And so I thought the irony was when Prabhupada was speaking about this sloka and saying, does not a thing which was the cause of a disease the same thing when applied therapeutically become the cure. He knew we were all suffering from rubbery, over overconsumption of rubbery, which gives you indigestion and dot, 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 whatever might come after that. So he is actually, even in the class, telling us what the cure the, was, which was, um, as I recall, like, yogurt, a little salt, pepper, some lime, and um, chira, which means um, sometimes translated as flat rice. It's a very Bengali kind of thing. But in fact, taking this, you'll gradually become cured. So he's saying the cause of the disease was, if we wanted to state it in principle, was overindulgence in a milk product. And what's the cure? The therapeutic application of a milk product. Right? So that's what it says. Amayo yaschabhutanam jayate yena suvrata tadeva hyamayam dravyam napunati chikirtsitam. And to keep it on point in this particular talk, so they're saying, they'll say, what do you need another temple for? He's saying in essence, well, maybe some of them have gone off in, uh, in their representation of Krishna conception, proper Krishna conception, bhakti siddhanta, sambandhagyan, sanatana goswami, prayojan tadvacharya, all these things, rupa, raghunathas, the prayojan tadvacharya, declaring where, what our ultimate goal is so reconceptualization at present we're in the the opposite of the Baikunta world. Baikunta means in this context without limitations. Infinite, without limitation. The world we live in at present is the world, you know, we want to define things. The literal, one of the literal meanings of definition or defining is setting limitations. So we live in the world of time and space and rain. <laughs> And loud and rain, it gets louder and louder and thundering, sometimes lightning. See? I mean, that's the proof of what I'm saying is true, if anyone doubts the veracity of these statements. 
So here we deal with so-called time and space. Like there's a famous sloka that says, uh, one is Krishna Bhulya Sejiv Anadi Bahir Muk. It says our mundane entanglement is anadi, it's beginningless. So we think, well wait, there must be some particular point in time when it begins. But that's all based upon this world of time and space. So it's described as a nadi, meaning in a sense, it's at that juncture where time and space begin. So in that sense, it's beginningless. It's only through um, misconception that we, our focus is drawn from the unlimited Vaikuntha uh, world to the world of confinement and limitation. Right. So here, when we're, in, when we're within the confines of time and space, when we try to conceive of the spiritual reality, uh, we're, we're left with disbelief or doubt or confusion or we can't understand how certain things are possible right? because it contradicts our objective experience. And put this it creates a particular advantage when you're trying to conceive of subjective reality. Right? Guru Maharaj says the Adhoksaja realm. Why Adhoksaja? Because Pratyaksha, uh, Paroksha, Aparoksha, Adhoksaja, Aprakrita. So beginning Pratyaksha. Uh, sense experience, trying to gather information, knowledge, understanding, verification through the senses, through what we see, hear, taste, touch, smell, feel, etc. And then we're very proud of technology extending the range of the senses, of sense perception. So that we have, you know, with the, like there's so much in the news, like Ebola. And so people go back, they're doing different reports to try and give some background information on, you know, uh, things like germs, reminding people. There was a time where people didn't believe that germs existed. What's his name? Leuvenhoek? Some, I can't, it's a Dutch, all the Dutch people, forgive me. Huh? Anyway, it's a Dutch name who like got a microscope and started, uh, you know, looking at germs and bacteria and things like that. So, in other words, what was not visible to the senses with the aid of a microscope could be seen. Or in the other direction, what was not visible in the sky to the naked eye through the uh, 
aid of a telescope could be seen. So the senses and, and this context, the range of sense perception and what they can observe is being extended. But as Guru Maharaj will remind us, uh, the sum total of the finite is never equal to the infinite. So, like Dwi Ongoli, we're talking about Yashoda, no matter how many ropes she assembles together, it's always two fingers too short. Same thing. No matter how many microscopes, how, on what level we see, andan tarastam paramanu chayan tarastam, anor aniyan mahato mahiyan, he's smaller than the smallest. Whatever you can conceive of as the smallest as the, at a particular point, the infinite is smaller than that, going in the other direction. Mahato Mahayan. Whatever you can conceive of as the greatest is greater than that. So if we're to try and educate ourselves about the infinite, we'll always be two fingers too short. It'll fall something short of being the infinite. Uh, proper, particularly when we're through, as it's told, pratyaksha, oh, the extension is paroksha. So pratyaksha means individual, individual sense perception. So someone might realize, yeah, my, my ability to perceive is limited. But so many others, I see, I'm surrounded by people, they're also observing things. So many people have lived before us, they're making observations. We can benefit from that. Uh, what was Google's stated philosophy in the beginning? Anyone know? They say, we are going to organize the world's information. Right? In other words, the sum total of human knowledge, whatever it is, we're going to organize that and make it available freely to everyone. Right. And their se secondary uh, slogan was, don't be evil. Right. But their, their, what do you say, their prime goal uh, or directive is to organize all the world's knowledge and information and make it freely available to everyone. With ads. Someone's got to pay for it. Right? <laughs> to pay for what's free. That's paroksha. When you see it, the word aksha is there, like pratyaksha, paroksha. One meaning we know of aksha is the eyes to see. Paraksha means beyond what the eye can see. And that can mean many things. That can mean, as we told, with the microscope or the telescope, or it can just mean what the insight that other people have. And then we come to shared human knowledge and information. So we think there are those who lived before us and there's, what do you call it, inherited human wisdom passed down from the ages, from one generation to another. Although it can be pointed out that people in the modern world are inclined, some are inclined to think, the discoveries they made in the 19th century or thereabout were ahistorical in the sense, just 
world-changing, game-changing realizations, and now we're, we've been, uh, what's the word, uh, um, relieved of the ignorance of the past. There's that idea too, but generally we can say accumulated human wisdom. That's also part of paraksha. So it's another way of seeing things. Pragmatists, the school of pragmatism, their ultimate belief is that uh, you extend the range of your sense perception and observational skills and empathy with others by reading great writers, right, through literature, that common people may not be able to express themselves so well. So, but great writers in literature, they can express the voice of, you know, a common person or a wide range of characters. And by hearing them, you will uh, become empathetic. Uh, and, you know, the world will be a better place. Their emphasis, they say, is we should um, pay attention to those whose opinion matters. And then they mean to say, by inference, that, or implication, that God or gods, or we can't really say. That's, that's beyond what you can prove, whether they exist or not. So why should you live your life to please some gods. It's like what Krishna, one of the arguments Krishna is giving to and Govardhan to the cowherd men. This Indra, these who knows for real? Right? We just know what's here in front of us. You have some <clears throat> opinions and feelings. I have some opinions and feelings. So we'll just survey everybody. We'll get a consensus and we'll work something out that's uh, equitable for all of us and that way we'll live peacefully, happily, etc. Right? That's pragmatism. So their idea is you become enriched and empathetic by hearing, by paying attention to those who matter. And who are those who matter? The people surrounding you. So this makes sense to a certain point in the world of limitation, right? of time and space. Right? But beyond paroksha, pratyaksha, paroksha, comes aparoksha. There's a class of philosophers or think, thinkers who will say that really you need to be cleansed of all of this mundane experience if you're to have insight into what is beyond this world or transcendental. So, aparoksha, tabula rasa, clear the slate, or the general conception of samadhi, deep sleep. Gormar says it's like when you're in deep sleep, there's no awareness or anything. You're, and we're talking about when you're not dreaming, you're just in this uh, state of practical un, practically being unconscious. So, but when you come out of that state, you say, oh, I had a good sleep. You have no remembrance of anything. So there's a class of philosophers that they think, 
from that position, you'll, you'll be cleansed of the prejudice of, of your senses, your acquired sense experience. Guru Maharaj also speaks of this sometimes. Acquired tendencies and acquired prejudices that are uh, clouding consciousness and um, giving false readings of the environment. Right? Like false ego, he'll say, is something that's giving you a false read of the environment and circumstances. So, aparoksha. But the stage beyond that is called adhoksaja. Means adha aksaja. Right? That Rather than by trying to suppress sense experience to have a pure view of things, we're told some higher power, divine knowledge and understanding descends into this plane and suppresses sense experience. Gormars gave an example of uh, UFOs. You know UFO, unidentified flying object? He's saying, you can never see one just because you want to. Right? <laughs> like, and again, this doesn't mean he's in favor of that. It's just an example. Okay? But he's saying, when you want to see one, you can't see one. But if the UFO comes down and shows itself to you, then you can see it. <laughs> so he said, Adhoksaja is like that. If Krishna wants to reveal himself, right, the Upanishads say, Nayamatma pravachanena labyo namedaya na bahuna sutena. Did the clock go? Oh, okay. Bahuna sutena. Yame Vaisha Vrinute Tena Labya Tasyaisha Atma Vibrinute Tanum Swam Nayamatma Pravachani You won't get this by talking about it so much, by doing intellectual academic research, Namedaya Bahu so much hearing. But what he reveals himself to whom he chooses, through whom he chooses. That means it's a descending process. So, <clears throat> that's the Adhoksaja plane, which Gromar says is the, uh, you have the subjective world, the super-subjective world, that's the super-subjective world. Southern hemisphere of Vaikuntha. But the upper hemisphere means the aprakrita lila of Krishna, human-like pastimes of Krishna, or in Guru Maharaj's term, the super, super subjective world. <clears throat> and in that realm, none of these things that are uh, limited, it's the Vaikuntha world at the basis, that means there's no limitations, it's not con constricted by the concepts of time and space. Right? 
Sometimes Guru Maharaj will reference the expansion and contraction of time and space. These things are employed in the pastimes of Krishna and the abode of Krishna. But it's also mentioned that although there's no need of these things, but still they are there. So there's no need of a moon, but there's a moon. There are also demigods. But the demigods of Goloka Vrindavan, that's different than the demigods in the uh, realm of time and space. So, when it comes to time, we will say it's not time as it is here. Like when Oppenheimer quoted the Gita, Kalos me, time I am, the destroyer of the world, from Bhagavad Gita. Not like that. But we hear in the Jagannath Balavanatak of Ramananda Roy, found in the Madhya Leela, Chaitanya Charitamritam, where Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is trying to convey the essence of the Shesh Leela of Mahaprabhu. Vrindavan Nastakur deals primarily with the Adi Leela. That means the birth of Nehemiah Pandit up to taking sannyas. Then after that, the narration does not continue. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, at the behest of so many great devotees and also divine inspiration from Madan Mohan, his, he does the inverse. The Adi Leela, the birth pastimes up to taking sannyas, they're given the least emphasis. And he's saying, because Vrindavan Das has dealt with this extensively, he said, but I'm going to focus on the Shesh Leela, the final pastimes, and divide it in two divisions, Madhya Leela and Antya Leela. But in the beginning of Madhya Leela, he fears that he may not live to actually present what he got from Raghunath Das Goswami. Right? We know Srup Damodar has his notebooks. Everything from Srup Damodar, the full wealth of Srup Damodar transferred to Raghunath Das Goswami. Raghunath Das Goswami and Radha Kunda and Govardhan transfers everything to Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami and he's expressing this and recording this in the Chaitanya Charitamritam. But fearing, now you can see, He's legally blind, he's arthritic. He's astonished at how his hand is moving and writing all of these things. But he's thinking, what if I'm unable to uh, expand the pastimes in detail? So now I'm going to tell you essentially what is the most important thing to understand about this? And he gives us in the Madhya Leela, uh, chapter 2, Srila Gurudev, Srila Bhakti Sundar Govindadev Goswami, he liked to quote these verses often, right? all of them. He knew the whole chapter by heart. And there, Kaviraj Goswami is saying, 
what, what it is that distinguishes Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, his interior, his ecstatic emotional interior. What's the real purpose, the private purpose for Mahaprabhu's descent is expressed there. And one of the verses that he quotes is from the Jagannath Balavanatak of Ramananda Roy. And he's giving this to give us some insight into the ecstatic emotional interior of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's mirroring the sentiments of Srimati Radharani. Radha Bhava Subalita Nomi Krishna Sarupam. And there, and Gurumars like to quote this also very much, that Radharani is lamenting that when Krishna appeared to her, she said that she was attacked by two enemies um, ecstasy and loving sentiments. And these things uh, blinded her from fully appreciating the beauty and the association of Krishna. If she's overwhelmed by some ecstatic condition, she can't see Krishna. And, like, I mean, what I'm saying is bhakya aparad, you know, explanation aparad, but along these lines. And so she's thinking, and, and we're told in Gopi Gita and elsewhere, expansion and contraction of time and space. The Braja Gopis are uh, condemning the Creator, Brahma. I think these are cowherd girls. Right? What audacity they have to condemn the Creator. They're calling the Creator a fool. Why? Because he doesn't know how to make eyes properly. We're drinking the liquid nectar, the beauty of Krishna, and our eyes blink, and then we're not seeing Krishna. And this is very disturbing to them. Right? It's mentioned the Rasa Lila, Sahasra Yuga Parjantam, Ahuryad Brahmanovidu, Brahma Ratri. It, it, the expansion of time and space. One night, when Krishna gives the indication to Yogamaya, we're told many nights are assembled as one. We can say, wait, is there night in the spiritual world? Day, night? How does that work? This world's a perverted reflection of the spiritual world. It's all for the purpose of Leela. So yes, there's night and day. Not some like static, enlightened, uh, non-moving condition. Right? Monotony. Spiritual existence is not monotonous. So there are seasons. There's night and day. So we're told for this Rasalila, so many nights are assembled, millions of them. Right? In fact, how long does it take place? One night is expanded to become uh, 4 billion, 300 million years. Right? Is that time 
Is it not time? How about past time? Past times. That's what it is. Krishna can expand that moment. But this gives us a hint of the kind of love and affection, the depth of love and affection the Braja Gopis have for Krishna, that when they think about that, these are actual participants in the Rasalila, the, the 4 billion, 300 million years, they say. It was like the blink of an eye. Right? That union was like the blink of an eye. That's what Gurudev liked to quote that uh, song of, who is it? Is it Kalida? No, Chandidas? Where saying, by union, it's a song of Radharani. She's saying, I will never be satisfied. It's not possible to uh, become satisfied looking at the beautiful face of Krishna. There's one verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Rupa Goswami quotes it several times. And Bhakti, well, Jiva Goswami and Rupa, Bhakti Rasamrita Sandhu. Nanmarti Leela, Payakamsma Yoga, Mayabalam, Darshitaya, Grihitam, Vishmapanam, Sasya Chasobhagarde, Parampadam, Bhushana, Bhushanangam. Krishna described it. Bhushana, Bhushanangam. The ornament's ornament. Everything becomes inconceivable. As Krishna is inconceivably beautiful, everything in connection with Krishna takes on that quality. So it's not possible to become satisfied in union with Krishna. So that night, yeah, it was like the blink of an eye. But what, what are the depths of separation and the range of separation? We say contraction, expansion of time and space. He's saying, in separation, the blink of an eye for them was like a day of Brahma. Right? Similar idea, but taking it in another direction. Right? The infinite going in another direction. The blink of an eye is like 4,300,000,000 years. So in this Jagannath Balavanatak reference of Srimati Radharani, she's saying, if Krishna comes again, I have a strategy. Because it ha- it's too fast. <laughs> so she's saying, I'm going to worship time. And like we do with the arati, that's what she's saying. And then take the, the ghee lamp and, sit, and give an asan, seat time personified on an asan. Then she's going to, you know, blow the conchal, light the incense, do some puja, wave the lamp, and uh, supplicate time. So time will then be nicely received and controlled. Time will be there. She's saying, then having... um, I think the word is supplicated. Time. Then I'm going to turn my attention to Krishna. Now, Yanisha Sarvabhutanam, Tasham Jagati, something. We could say, well, this is madness. 
this is, you know, some sort of divine madness. And that's true. But it's a, a type of madness that we aspire to. But so if we carefully look at what's being expressed, particularly in the Acharya's commentaries, and I remember hearing this from Prabhupada in the very beginning, there's no sun and moon. there's no need for sun and moon, but there's sun and moon. There's no need for the season, yet there are seasons. So there's no time there, like here. But there's time in in a lilic sense. The day, the sun, the the night ends, the sun rises, the day begins, that kind of thing. But all. Lilanukul, like favorable uh, for the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. So uh, it's a question of reconceiving and reconceptualizing. But it's not like time here or space here. Govardhan. See, now it's time for him to make that sound. <laughs> Govardhan. If we say, there's the whole of Vrindavan, and one part of Vrindavan is Govardhan. Like the prayer, poem of Saraswati Thakur, right? Vrindavan ahoyte shreshta Govardhan shaila gandharvika giridhari jatakudha koila. But Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentions in the Govardhan Leela that Govardhan, because the bridge bhasis, the Jnana Shunya, Bhakta bridge bhasis, when Krishna is saying, everyone come under the Govardhan, he said, well, how can everyone fit? Govardhan just keeps expanding to cover the whole of Vrindavan. And then he, Vishwanath makes the point, actually, Govardhan can give shelter to the three worlds if he so pleases and so desires. No. Otherwise, we have ages of Krishna. Right? Kumar, Poganda, Kishore. We need to forget all of this, all of our mundane references. Not when you're driving a car, but <laughs> but really we have to, we're so uh, addicted to mundane sense perception and it's a obstacle. Give it to, therefore, we need to hear the pastimes of Krishna, hear the Acharya's commentary, and you'll be exempted from that, even if for a little while is enough to have a glimpse into that realm. Radha, Krishna, Nitya, Leela, Korilo, Prakash, these eternal pastimes. Mentioned Briyad Bhagavatamritam and commented on by Guru Maharaj to show us how 
Nanda and Yasoda, they're praying for Krishna to be their child. He comes, he has his pastimes with them. Then gradually, and his pastimes with the cowherd boys, then to the uh, gopis, Akrura comes and takes Krishna away to Mathura. We can understand he's not a favorite person of the Braja Gopis. <laughs> the name Akrua means not cruel. And they're saying, what? This is so ironic. You're the most cruel person who ever existed, and your name is Akrura? As he's taking Krishna away. And they're thinking, you know, grab the wheels of the chariot, throw themselves in front of them, anything they can do. So, Mother Yasoda is in a trance. Basically, they've lied to her. And they're telling her, if Nanda Maharaj and all the cowherd men are going, that means Krishna's coming back in a couple of days. The Braja Gopis don't believe a word of this. But... Anyway, why did I say that? Oh, so Nanda, then Krishna goes to Mathura, and we know he doesn't, well, again, we could say he does, but he doesn't come back within two to four days. And how devastating that is to Nanda and Yasoda. Like when we hear the separation, Hadai Pandit, experience from Nityananda Prabhu, there's that Nitai Kund in... Uh, or the Hadai Pandit Kunda in uh, Eka Chakra, supposed to be made from his tears, the tears he cried in separation from Nityananda Prabhu, how we can't, it's too painful to even think about. So Nanda, how Nanda and Yasoda, what they're feeling, and they start thinking, for so long we've not seen our son. And they think, it's, it's been so long, it's as if, as if we never had a son. Then it intensifies to another level where they say, we have no son. And the circle, Nityalil, is complete. And they start praying that Krishna could appear as their son. Then Krishna appears as their son, has his pastimes with them and the cowherd boys, to the Braja Gopis, the Kuru comes, and, and the cycle continues. Nitya Leela, it's circular and simultaneous. And all of these pastimes are going on simultaneously of union and separation, the Kumar, Leela, Poganda, Kishore, all of it. Krishna's pastimes, Mahaprabhu's pastimes. What are we going to say about it? How do they do? You know. <laughs> How does he do it? Kaviraj Goswami says, well, how does the sun... One son, from a relative perspective, someone's seeing the sunrise. Simultaneously, if we can have a conference call, right? another place people say, oh, what a beautiful sunset. 
You're describing the beautiful sunrise. They're saying, such a beautiful sunset, we're saying. Someone else saying, oh, the hot midday sun is overhead. It's unbearable. Someone else saying, it's the dead of night. It's the Krishna Paksha. The new, there's, we can't see anything. Are they lying? They're, none of them are lying. They're all saying sincerely what they see. And it's one sun showing all this simultaneously, constantly. So if the sun can do that, then what to speak of Krishna? He showing all of these pastimes. Guru says, like hypnotism. That's what Tomai Toshyoisha Atma Vivrinute Tena He's revealing himself as he chooses, to whom he chooses. For Swarat, a big Yaswarat, only he knows why. When it comes to the so called, you know, about Mahaprabhu no longer being, uh, you know, manifest pastimes in this world. On our calendar, there is no such day for Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, or Dvaita. Yeah. But, and Guru Maharaj said, some people will say, they, and the Pujaris at Tota Gopinath, they'll raise the cloth and show you a gold mark on his side, and they say, Mahaprabhu entered Tota Gopinath. Others say, no, we saw one day, instead of staying at the Garuda Stambham, he ran to Jagannath and entered Jagannath and never came out. So I'm saying, no, we saw him walk to the sea and walk across the sea and vanish. Others say, no, we saw Mahaprabhu, he, just, he went up into the sky. And then there's some other mundane things people say too. What did Guru Maharaj say? All are possible. He's showing this. To different people, he's showing different things. What is the famous song? Mala nama, shinirni nam, natabhura, sri nam, smaro, murti man. When he enters the arena of Kangsa, how he's seen by the wrestlers, they're seeing him like a thunderbolt, lightning. Malanama, the people in general think, is this is the greatest man we've ever seen. Some people are thinking like that. Srinam Smaramurtima. The ladies are saying Smaramurti means Cupid personified. The ladies and the audience. Gopanam Swaj, oh, the Gopas, Swajanam, they're thinking like, Krishna's from our hometown. Like everyone, like if you see somebody in the Olympics or whatever, and they're from your hometown, oh, you know, they're, you know, (laughs) that swimmer, that person, that wrestler, this is like Kangsa's mundane Olympics. So the cowherd men are going, he's from, you know, Braja. We're like, 
cowherd men. And actually, what did they do? They're so sweet and simple. They, their wagons are loaded with like yogurt, ghee, butter, that they're bringing for the annual tribute they give the Kangsa. That's how they, the cowherd, they pay things. Like here's five kilos of ghee, here's some butter, some yogurt. Anyway, Gopanam Swajanam Shatam Shatipujam Shastra to Pitro Shishu. Pitro Shishu. Vasudeva and Devaki, they're seeing their son. And this is, I mean, Krishna, these pastimes are designed to like tear your heart apart. Vasudeva and Devaki are in chains. It's terrible. Krishna, when they get, Akura brings him there. Uh, Krishna tells Akura, go home, we'll just stay here. We're going to, you know, the boys, we're going to go like around the town and see the sights of the city. <laughs> and that's when they meet the uh, Kangsa's tailor. And Krishna asks him like, oh, you know, they're like, obviously, like village boys. They don't have like fine clothes and everything. They say, oh, can we have some of these? And he's saying, how offensive, you dare to. Uh, and he makes fun of where they're from. Girivan. You're just a bunch of mountaineers. Saraswati is making them double talk, glorification. Saying, you're from the mount, you're mountain people, Govardhan. <laughs> anyway, he he you know he won't give them anything, but this one as will say Saraswati is saying these kangsas they're not fit for Krishna, but those are deep. That man should have had Vishwanath by his side at the time, but unfortunately, because he did not submit to Krishna's request, Krishna just with his hand went like that. And, uh, well, it was like an ISIS video. <laughs> anyway, that was the end of that man. And then they uh, pick up the clothes, like Krishna, oh, Balaram, here. You know, they're like handing out, everybody's like wearing Kansa's clothes. <laughs> Someone else came along and like to like top them off with little like, other garments. Now they look good, but they don't smell good. Actually, they do because it's Krishna, but then they meet Kubja, the hunchback. And she's sometimes called Trivakra, bent in three. She's bent over, but it's very interesting. Until what was. Why did Krishna, Puritranaya Sarunam Binashaya Chaduskritam? And Yada Yada Hidharma Shaga. So the earth is in an unfortunate position. Kubja, the hunchback, who's, she has all these oils, fragrances, perfume. She's Bu Shakti, like Bhumi, Bu. The earth is due to being overburdened, like a hunchback position. Krishna has come. Just What did Varaha do? 
He lifted the earth. Right? How did he find the earth? We like, you know, in Europe, where she's from, <laughs> but more specifically, Krishna, Kantan, Munendra, they use pigs to find truffles. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Because pigs have this very developed uh, sense of smell. So Varaha Dev smelled where the earth was. That's how he found out where the earth was. He could, like a truffle, he smelt the earth, and then what did he do? With his tusk, he lifted the earth up. So when Kub, Kubja, Krishna approached Kubja, and she's giving immediately the best she had, all these oils for Krishna and Balaram and Krishna, he stands on her feet and then with his two, like, lifts, straightens her out, lifts her up, and she is revealed to be, you know, an extraordinarily beautiful, voluptuous lady, being Bhu Shakti and even told in Vishwanath or others that she's, Expansion of Satyabhama. So, oh, and they meet the elephant, the Kuvalapida, yeah. Kangsa wants him, this maddened, giant maddened elephant to just kill Krishna before he even gets to the arena with the wrestlers. But instead, Krishna fights with the elephant and pulls out one of his tusks and stabs him with it. <laughs> so he's bleeding, and now the tusk is covered in blood. Krishna has a tusk on his shoulder. So when they enter, Kangsa looks up and sees they're wearing his clothes. There's the tusk, it's like dripping blood. <laughs> and he can understand things are not going his way. Yeah. I'm told when he woke up that morning, some inauspicious omens, looked in the mirror, didn't see himself. That's a bad sign. If you look in a mirror and there's no reflection, bad. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at his shadow, there were holes in it. Not good. <laughs> Many things here, like, hmm. So, he saw death personified. Srinam, Smaro, Murti, the women, they say, oh, they're seeing Cupid, the rest are seeing lightning, right? The Gopas seeing their own Swajana, you know, our own relative. Then what does it say? Shishu, Petra, Shishu, Vasudev, Devaki. Then the Paradeva, Teti, the, oh, yeah, the yogis and the spiritually elevated, they're seeing the Param Devata, the Supreme Lord. 
Vishni nam paradevate ti vidin patan. That's the last line. But it's describing how Krishna looks when he's entering that. And the Vishwanath and others will say, ten different viewpoints are expressed in this sloka. One Krishna revealing himself in ten different ways. By hearing this, this Krishna's kindness upon us and the great acharyas, their commentaries are there, the Bhagavatam is there. This is, you know, real-time, live stream reality. And Guru Maharaj advice, dive deep into reality. If we have, by the grace of our Guru Varga, even a glimpse of these pastimes as they're presented to us, that will give our hearts so much inspiration and hope, future prospect. 